You're listening to Potstilled Radio, sponsored by Dingle Distillery, McConnell's Irish Whiskey, and Two Stacks Irish Whiskey. Dingle Distillery has been crafting some of the most beautiful handcrafted spirits since 2012. All of their whiskey continuously matures in the mild, moist climate of Ireland's southwest coast. Hand cut from the edge and keep your eyes peeled for their brand new core range single malt in stores now. Find out more at dingledistillery.ie. And of course, McConnell's, their five years old blend of Irish malt and grain whiskies is gently rested in select bourbon casks, bringing out beautiful overtones of vanilla sweetness and providing a deep oak woodiness and light char to the finish. Find out more about a McConnell's whiskey with F-E-E across social media or visit mcconnellsirishwhiskey.com. And of course, Two Stacks Irish Whiskey, a contemporary revival of an Irish whiskey heritage independently bottling and blending sourced pot still malt and grain whiskies from across Ireland's new and expanding Irish whiskey landscape. Find out more at twostackswhiskey.com. Dave Galer, Fulchan Shut, A Pot Still Radio, Ismisha Mayu Haley and Gioni, Augustine, Tommy Le, Mike Legan, Ambassadoriat Nashunta, Na United States of America. So welcome, Fulchigadi on Shut, A Michael, how are you doing? For me, I'm all good, Matt. I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm delighted I could have you here. And um, for everyone who's tuning in, welcome to a brand new episode of Pot Still Radio. I'm delighted to be back. Um, uh, today, I am joined by Mr. Michael Egan, the National Irish Whiskey Ambassador for Kilbegan Distilling Company, um, who is based in Chicago, Illinois. And um, Michael Egan, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, based in rainy Chicago here today. Um, we've had a miserable 10 days now of thunderstorms and rain and uh, but thankfully, we're going into a holiday weekend now, kicking off on Friday with 4th of July. And uh, the weather forecast has sun splitting the skies from Thursday evening to, to Monday night. So um, so we're, we're lucky in that sense. But other than that, everything is, everything is all good here in Chicago. Well, good. It's, it's very unusual that I get to say it, the sun is splitting the stones in Ireland better than the United States. But it's, it's about 25 degrees and sunny and no, no clouds today. So I'm, I'm going to lord this over you. Um, but yes, yeah, so... Welcome back to uh, a brand new episode of Postal Radio. Uh, we had a short hiatus. Um, Michael and myself were meant to catch up quite a while ago. Um, and then pretty much the day of uh, the interview, I dislocated my shoulder and ended up in hospital. Um, and then we've had a few cancellations as we go along. But thankfully, I'm uh, out of the sling. You're off a man of, of fine and fit health. So we're here today to talk all about Irish whiskey in the United States. And in this series, we're talking a bit to people about consumer habits and what the Irish whiskey market looks like in their particular markets. Now, obviously, the, the United States is the largest of the Irish whiskey markets around the world, probably the most well-known for the Anglophone speakers, uh, especially those who work in the Irish whiskey industry. Um, but the world of consumption in the United States varies very drastically uh, coast to coast, Um depending on, uh, I suppose, what they're drinking. But in terms of Irish whiskey consumption, um, how people drink, how they consume, whether it's on trade or off trade, um, varies quite largely. But not only that, we've seen huge dynamic shifts in consumer consumption and uh, imbibing throughout the coronavirus pandemic. And now as we sit here, 
hopefully on the tail end uh, of the COVID pandemic, uh, we are seeing a large amount of consumer shifts in the US and some perhaps that we may see stay. Um, so Michael, I know that you look after um, the United States for the Kilbegan Distilling Company portfolio. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your job very quickly? And then I suppose, what's what's the US like in terms of uh, Irish whiskey pre and post pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm here about eight years now, actually, uh, since 20, started 2013 when um, when Cooley and Kilbegan was acquired by Beam Global. Came out here on the IBEC program with um, a couple of others, 40 other girls that worked with me here in the States. Um, not long before you were out here, right? Yeah. Uh, and I've been in Chicago ever since. So I took on the national job about four years ago, I'd say 2017 and uh, 20, late 2016, I think, and traveled across the United States, every state really. And we were fortunate enough to have, we still, we, we still up until very recently had the IBEC program involved in our brands. But so I was supported by a number of um, Irish brand ambassadors. And now it's, uh, it's just myself now post-COVID here in, in the US. Obviously, we have a small enough brand team here to, to, to lean on. And then our parent company, Beam Suntory now, is, uh, is obviously based out of, uh, out of the US, moving their US headquarters actually this month or next month to, uh, to New York City from Chicago. Uh, so, so <laughs> yeah, moving moving from your 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 new hometown over to the, yeah. the big apple. So there's positives and negatives there, and uh, not to have the the headquarters on your back on your back door. Um, but um, we'll definitely be able to visit New York City a lot more, which is such a in terms of alcohol or or whiskey, Irish whiskey and whiskey consumption, such a vibrant city and a and a, and a leader in the trend of of how um, consumption trends and cocktail trends are shaped here around the U.S. and then. To a certain extent around the world, um, but what a series! And I love the topic because this this uh, this past year, you're right, has has shaped um, or has has given shape to a whole new um, trend and, and consu consumption trend of of not just whiskey but spirits in general. And we've been trying to capitalize on that. And I think for us as a very very small brand within Beam Suntory, obviously you know you're you're well aware of some of the bigger uh, whiskey brands that we have, like Beam Makers and. Japanese whiskies and scotches and stuff, uh, and then every other spirit under the sun as well are in the in the Beam Suntory portfolio. We're a very small slice of the pie, so the pandemic in the last year has actually given us more of an opportunity, I think, to engage with various different whiskey groups across the U.S. where we wouldn't have had the bandwidth, um, the 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 feed on the street, say, or the budget to go and and work with those groups in a in a in a, in a year prior to 2020. So it's been great. <clears throat> It's been good in that, in that sense. Is that because things have gone online in terms of uh, Zoom tastings and lots of different whiskey sites going online? Or is it just that you have, I suppose, a more level playing field to be able to access, I suppose, consumers in their home in terms of advertising? Yeah, well, no, a lot, leaning more a lot on the online virtual training side of it and virtual engagement with people um, in the lead up to St. Patrick's, well, post Patrick's Day 2020 and then uh, over the last year, it wouldn't be foreign to be doing uh, or unheard of to be doing, say, three or four different trainings across the U.S. in one day. Um, certainly, two coast to coast, and we 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 never. I mean, Zoom and, and these uh, teams training and Streamyard and everything weren't weren't on my radar anyway in 2019 and prior. So, especially in terms of hosting a virtual training with 50 plus people, um, and now being able to engage, and still, even though we're coming to the please God to the back end of this. And getting out we're starting to travel again um i still think engaging with distributors and short kind of uh presentations and reminders throughout the year will continue to happen on on skype or 
Zoom, etc. Uh, so that's 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 been benefiting us. And I suppose for the Kilbegan portfolio, you know, you mentioned part of the Beam Centauri global team. Um, I remember fondly being in the Yamazaki distillery just in between uh, Kyoto and Osaka and see going into the distillery and you know, the home of, of Japanese whiskey and seeing a giant bottle of Konamara whiskey sitting in their uh, trophy cabinet was was quite a, 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 a fun experience to see the, the recognition in the portfolio there, which was, was quite cool. Um, but in terms of the Irish portfolio in the U.S., um, what I suppose is the the focus for the brands? Are you an on trade brand? Are you an off trade brand? And you know, playing in the bars or in the off licenses or in the multiples, being the large retailers or yeah, where, where do you look? I mean, large format liquor is always a a, a a channel that we focus on and want to get into. Um, we want to work very closely with our. We had a call this morning with our national accounts team and trying to trying to get into the big national accounts, restaurants, um, bars across the U.S. Uh, again, we're a small player within Beam. So if there's an opportunity for a cocktail placement on a menu in a national account, we mightn't be, we might fall down the pecking order in terms of priority and brands that get on there. But that's a challenge for us and an opportunity as well to, to do that. Um, we're, we're, so Kilbegan Original and Kilbegan Single Grain would be our focus brands. Both Ryan Potstill launched over the last couple of years, uh, 2018 and 19, or 19 and 20, excuse me. And, uh, but they're LTOs. So, We've nearly run through the entire uh, inventory of Ryan Pot still here in the states. We've so a small bit of Ryan. Limited time offer for for those those pro products. Then, excuse me. Yeah, limited time offer. Uh, very. I mean, it's a good it's a good problem to have that we're we're almost completely out of uh, of both SKUs. Um, there are some more innovations coming down the pipeline from Kilbegan and obviously from from Cooley too. Um, but for Kilbegan Original and and Single Grain, the uh, the channel focus for us would be would be on premise um the split might be about 60 40 uh on on to off uh, and, and and changing that uh throughout different periods throughout the year so let, heading into q1 with patrick's day there would be a, a a nice a nice healthy split between on and off premise and then really driving home the, the off-premise samplings but obviously the last year has been difficult doing that it's been it's been more of handing out brochures and, and trying to entice people to purchase a bottle head home and dial into a virtual uh, educational session that hosted by myself or by some of our, we have these keepers of the wheel who are, we have five focus markets here in the States and we have keepers of the wheel, the wheel being the iconic uh, water wheel at Kilbegan. And our keepers are sales associates and sales managers across the five markets that are responsible for um, growing, building the momentum of uh, KDC or Kilbegan Distilling Company in their markets. So a lot of the sessions will be myself uh, and our keepers. And, excuse me. Are, are you seeing that at-home consumption throughout the pandemic translate? Obviously, on-premise in, in most places would be closed or, or very heavily restricted. Are, are you seeing for Quebec and the Sitting Company across the U.S. growth in the off-premise? Uh, or is there a format size change maybe where people used to buy 750s and now buying 175s? Or perhaps on the flip side, where they were buying, you know, measures of whiskey, they're now buying cocktails, or isn't even is there a coast-to-coast uh, -coast split? One side does one way, and the other side does the other. Yeah, uh, great question. We we so from say Patrick's Day twenty when uh, twenty twenty when everything shut down, Beam as a company, Beam Centauri, were very quick to lock into the cocktail to go uh, rapidly growing trend and, and try and support. It, it, like I mean, it was it was always an initiative to support the accounts where they can. And if, a, and if a, an on-premise account of ours was closed, 
um, but they could work in the capacity of uh, cocktails to go. We were right in there. And, and from our point of view, it was um, we had a lot of accounts that had ordered product from uh, Q1 of last year, so 2020, and we're sitting on Irish whiskey, sitting on Kilbegan. So it was our responsibility to help them push through that product. And so we quickly set up a... a so from from coast to coast, say take Portland, Oregon, for example, we partnered with a um, with a with a coffee roaster called Roseline, um, coffee shop and coffee roasters, and they they created a, a, a bespoke small um, a bag of coffee that sat perfectly well with Kilbegan single grain. So we met with them virtually, and they sent out the the, the coffee, and we tasted it with single grain and original. We landed on single grain, and we made these beautiful uh, cocktail to go kits and. Um, nice little instructions for people to buy both the Roseland coffee, a bottle of Kilbegan in a neat little pack and take it home and create an Irish coffee. Um, and then if we were to go head over east, we worked with a lot of bars in upstate New York and Metro and, and Philadelphia. And we created, um, um, again, custom cocktail to go kits. And we even, we even took it so far as we worked with, so this Patrick's Day just passed, we created a program called the Kilbegan March. And it was our opportunity to celebrate all 31 days of March and not just the, the, the traditionally celebrated one day of, of, uh, of St. Patrick's Day. So we really started planning in December, January and kicked off on March 1st. And it was a, a, a full campaign with PR and, and everything else. But in terms of cocktails, we, um, we actually worked with about 10 to 15 uh, key Kilbegan accounts in each of the five markets. And we worked with the bartenders to create their favorite Kilbegan cocktails. And then we had cocktail to go kits for each bar that you or I as consumers could walk in, try one of the, the many Kilbegan cocktails that they were serving, and then get that to go. So they'd make that for you in the neat little Kilbegan to go bottles, and you could take it home and enjoy it at home. So there was a there was a number of different avenues you could go down to support the accounts in terms of cocktails to go, but it was it still is a big a big uh, push for us. And in the Irish whiskey market in general, I know you'd be, <clears throat> excuse me, keeping your your finger on the pulse of of the U.S. market for Irish whiskey. Are there trends that you're seeing through COVID, and are any of them in your mind going to continue after? Uh, you know, I suppose whatever whatever comes first, mass vaccinations or herd immunity or whatever ends the the current pandemic. Yeah, well, we're we're, we're thankfully we. Ever, vast majority of people I know here have been fully vaccinated, which is good. So bars are starting to open back up um, and to, to, to full capacity. I mean, uh, we've, we're at a couple of months now of 30 and 50% capacity and now increasing to full, which is, which is great to see. Um, but in terms of Irish whiskey consumption, one, one thing that I found that I, I don't think is really going anywhere, which is great, is um, whiskey consumers or whiskey drinkers' interest in Irish whiskey over the past year has grown phenomenally and again that goes back to i think it has many there's many reasons for it but one of the reasons would be that we as irish whiskey brands had the opportunity to engage with with groups and individuals almost one-on-one -on -one virtually um now as you know there's a massive irish um there's a footprint here in the united states and with with for many reasons with increased disposable income or for people now who want to get family gatherings and reunions back together there's been a desire to go and travel and um one destination uh, that a lot of americans irish americans would like to go is back to ireland and we've seen even on our kilbegan instagram handles and and irish whiskey or whiskey consumers here in the states reaching out wondering when kilbegan is back open 
when can we get a fa- do you have any hotel recommendations in the town of Kilbegan to host my family and the reunion and stuff so there's a huge desire to go and learn more about the brands that um you 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 possibly didn't know about before and, and Irish whiskey is sitting perfectly there well leave it to us to tell a good story at least yeah you're right um yeah and it's brilliant because and there's i mean coincide that coincided with the the rapid growth of our category and the number of distilleries that are popping up almost on a on a weekly uh, basis at this stage um and then platforms like yourself and like what 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 Barry and and stories and sips are doing and and it just it just it, it, the category is being introduced to people a lot quicker and a lot easier than it may have been in 2019 and prior years yeah absolutely uh, and do you think that in the US, the popularity of Irish whiskey, or even maybe the velocity of sales or the value of sales, um, is helped in certain states that have that Irish diaspora footprint. You know, I, I know very little about the diaspora of, say, maybe Wyoming, but I wonder does the does the diaspora um, element in maybe some of the eastern states overcompensate for the purchasing power? and interest in Irish whiskey, or is it kind of a, across the, the, you know, the well, continental 48 or the 50 states um, that you see the, the popularity of Irish whiskey? I think it's funny, like some of our, some of the, the strongest growth we've seen as a brand over the last year have been your, 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 uh, the markets you wouldn't typically think of, like the, the, the North and South Dakotas, Wyoming, uh, Idaho's of the world. And, and granted, you're growing from a very a, a small base compared to the Californias and, and New York cities of, of, of the world. But um, so I think there's an interest in, in every single, there's Irish, I mean, there's Irish people everywhere. You know, if you travel across the country, you're going to find an Irish bar in almost every, uh, multiple Irish bars in every city and, and every town um, across the States. But it's, um, yeah, it's definitely driven from just the interest to explore new categories. And, and you're, you're paired then with um, the, the, the comfort that people have with now ordering online and the, the growth in e-commerce and at your, at your fingertips at every single digital touch point now, you can learn more and more about brands um, and the category, even though the, the big green giant, as we say, the, the Jemisons of the world are still the, the category growth leader for sure. Um, it's now more easier than ever for, say, Jemison drinkers or Irish whiskey drinkers to learn more about the different brands and that's, and, 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 the Irish Whiskey Association are also doing a fantastic job at raising the profile of the category, and with the depth and diversity campaign and the Discover Irish Whiskey camp, uh, Discover Irish Whiskey campaign as well. And do you think that the the, the increased trend of of uh, online purchasing, the e sales, do you think that'll continue through and post pandemic, or will people go back to purchasing spirits from their local liquor store? I, I think, Matt, it's 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 definitely here to stay. Um, it's it's the it's the new the new premise of home premise or non premise um, home premise is in taking going out and learning about your your favorite brand attending virtual trainings heading out to stores if you look at you look at take Drizzly for for instance um, prior to the pandemic they weren't you guys you're familiar with Drizzly right the I'm the, familiar but why don't you give us a quick ten second rundown yeah it's basically, it's basically a third party uh, delivery service for alcohol. And I think it's available now in, in just over 30 states. So, yeah, so 20, they'd, 20. Find, they'd find a store with the products that you're looking for. They'd grab it, get it to you. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so third party versus, say, direct to consumer from craft distilleries to directly to our, our front door. Um, but Drizzly is up over 300% in the last year and, and is now delivering alcohol to, to over 30 states and um, delivering spirits and whiskey, I think, to 26 states in America, which is huge. Um, and we're just acquired by Uber. So, so that's a, that's a massive, massive announcement. And, and you look at the likes of, say, Bevmo, one of the biggest uh, uh, LFLs or large format liquor stores in the States, big in, say, California, um, just acquired by GoPuff, if you're familiar with that platform. It's a grocery uh, delivery service. Um, and you, you just think, if you think about it, to, to say that the data that both Uber and, say, GoPuff are gathering on, um, on us, you know, and, and where we go and, and what we drink and when we drink and how we drink, and, and that's all just going to give them the ammo to grow the uh, their presence in the e-commerce world. So I think, um, I don't think it's going anywhere for right now. No, I do. I do definitely think that people are itching to get back out into their local pubs, um, especially with the, with the, 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 the trend of supporting local now. And, um, and that's not, that's not going to go anywhere either. So in the trend of supporting local, how do you think Irish whiskey fits in? Because the, the growth of Irish whiskey in the U S you know, obviously on-premise is decimated, but the off-premise growth for Irish whiskey is accelerating. So where do you think Irish whiskey fits into that kind of uh, post-pandemic buying pattern if they are looking, consumers are looking that more buy local idea? Yeah, well, I think even just from an off-premise Irish whiskey standpoint, or from, sorry, from an on-premise Irish whiskey standpoint, take one of my local pubs down the road here. It's, it's the, the, the pandemic gave us an opportunity to go and instead of hopping in a, in, a, in a taxi and heading downtown to your favorite cocktail bar or wherever, or traveling 20 minutes to go and, and actually force yourself to see what's on your doorstep. Um, and we have a nice little local uh, pub um, on the corner here that, that serves a lot of Kilbegan and sales have increased since they've reopened because people are, more people are not going there. I'm not saying they're going there to drink Kilbegan specifically, but going there and supporting the local pubs and, realizing that I don't have to head downtown or 25, 30 minutes to go for a night out and there's so much on our doorstep. Um, and I also think we, so with Rye, for instance, with Kilbegan Rye and Potstill, we had a big drive here in Illinois to, to obviously getting into the likes of Binnie's and your bigger liquor stores is important, but really going to those boutique, um, more craft uh, liquor stores is, was, a, was a, um, a channel that we focused on and a lot of them tend to be around local neighborhoods. So conducting tastings, um, again, those kind of invitation to virtual tastings during Patrick's Day and throughout the month of March um, gave us the opportunity to interact and engage with people around different neighborhoods. So that's, uh, and then paired that with consumers' desire to, to support and shop local and stuff. And that, that's helped us out a lot. Well, that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think, you, you know, you mentioned at the beginning that, you had an ambassadorial team that worked under you with the IBEC program um, that that obviously was was curtailed by the pandemic. And um, do you think that that's something that you'll see return to the United States an ambassadorial network to work with you to grow the the Beam Centauri Irish portfolio, Quebec and Distilling Company? I'd love to see it, Matt. We had we had thirteen ambassadors here in the states um, up until I think June of of uh, twenty twenty, so a year a year ago, or just just less than a year ago, maybe July. Um, and it, it, it was difficult and I felt, I felt for them a lot and we did our best to hang on and retain as, as, as many, if not all as we could. And, um, but f- for the majority of the team, for the majority of the 13, it was their personal decision to 
to head home because the work dried up and a lot of the work that we were we were doing was virtual work um but i think in terms of programs and support structures for irish whiskey for smaller brands like ourselves the you can't beat the ibec program and you can't it's it's fantastic uh even the platform and the the, the fact that successful graduates can get on get into this industry first of all and work with big small medium-sized companies uh here in the states or anywhere else in the world and and go and promote ireland and irish whiskey is, is an amazing opportunity and i mean 13 ambassadors would have put you definitely up the top in in terms of one of the one of the most or one of the largest ambassadorial teams in the us so it'd be lovely to of course see that return and um, were were there i suppose coming out of the pandemic maybe um do you see uh target or maybe important avenues for irish whiskey to focus on maybe not just kilbegan but you're noticing perhaps uh, as a as a whole industry are there avenues or or maybe methods to take to to again bring up that the visibility and the popularity um of the spirit in the united states whether it be on premise or off premise yeah, I, I think one 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 area that we're really focusing on is is trade engagement now as we as bars start to open back up and and how do we engage with our uh, not just bartenders but bar managers uh, servers anyone and everyone who, who works in our on premise accounts um, and, and support the community where we can so that's the goal we we um, were there's a couple of launches coming down the. the in the next year or so here in the states and they'll be very on-premise focused uh, and then we've 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 gone from having 13 focus markets with 13 ambassadors to a narrow because that's a that's a very widespread and, and we we now have a narrow focus as of last year just to five focus markets and we're trying to drill deep in those on and off-premise accounts particularly on-premise accounts to raise that brand awareness um and uh in in only five markets so it's a it's a it's a narrow dive and a, and a, and a, a narrowed goal but um we think we're we're approaching it the right way. For without without giving away the the house and the company secrets, um, and you don't have to tell me which of the five markets. But when you're sitting down with the brand team in the US, how do you decide on uh, priority markets like those five, and particularly more so? You know, it's it's tough narrowing down from fifty. But when you already have fifteen priority markets or thirteen priority markets, how do you? What are the the, the criterion uh, that bring you down to that five what how what why do some states make the cut over others yeah so our 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 uh, our plan and, and method is quite simple so our fo- I have five focus markets in the states are so east to west so say upstate new york and, and pa pennsylvania we have colorado we have illinois colorado and then oregon portland oregon and there's a there's obviously you have okay so for the last couple of years the say the irish coffee was a was a focus for us and we we started to think about where could we get partnerships and and how could we work with coffee roasters and stuff. So the likes of Oregon, we had Massachusetts for the last couple of years. We worked with um, with Yahoo, a uh, coffee roaster out in in, in Boston. Um, so we we did a, a lot of work with Illy here in Chicago, in in, the, in Illinois. Um, but it's it's mostly down to right: is there Irish whiskey opportunity? Yeah, in 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 all of our focus markets, and how engaged are our local teams? That's the most important thing. Um, we, we, you'd notice that Metro New York say isn't there, California, biggest Irish whiskey market in the U S or, or definitely top two with New York city, uh, is not there. And that's, that's just down to the competitive, our competitive set within that market. 
uh, the cost of, of activating and supporting our distributors and local teams, and then the priorities set forth by Beam Suntory. So again, all of that uh, combined, we, we landed on the five where we feel that we can move the needle the most. And then we have tier two markets where now given the move, say, for, from our headquarters to, to New York City, there will be a, a, a slight fo- more of a focus on on Irish whiskey, Kilbegan in, in Metro, say. And then I'm always just working with local teams in every other state. Any state that wants to uh, talk about Kilbegan, I'm on the other end of the line waiting. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think you touched on an important point there as well for people that maybe don't know. A lot of, you know, where can you move the needle? Where can you get the share of mind in, in your distribution and sales team? Um, I'm a very big advocate of not sending brand ambassadors to Boston anymore. Uh, you know, I, I if I ever speak to small Irish whiskey brands that are going out to the US, I always hear Metro New York and Boston, the two most saturated, in my opinion, most saturated markets. You know, Metro New York, a very big pay to play kind of, uh, you need a lot of marketing dollars to, to move the needle there. And, you know, in, in my experience of Boston being a, a very closed group of, of large groups that own all of the Irish bars. There's 300 or 600,000 people and 43 Irish whiskey ambassadors. Um, whereas if you, you where know, would, where me, would be your, where would be your top three then? Go finish your, finish your thought there. And then I'm curious. Well, that's all right. Yeah. Well, you see, for me, I would be a big advocate of putting uh, ambassador uh, ambassadors and ambassadorial dollars, particularly if you're a smaller brand, you know, Kilbegan not being one of the perhaps the the brands I'm talking about, but um, places that drink whiskey, drink cocktails, but don't get the focus. And I'll give you an example, and this will be one of my three, but I'll give you an example. Um, When I worked in Pennsylvania as a brand ambassador, I was based in Philly. I had a secondary city of Maryland. I had a tertiary city of D.C., um, but my the second city I had in the state was Pittsburgh, which was actually the furthest city away of all those four cities. so it was it was definitely the city I I spent the least amount it was the the city I spent the least amount of time in um there you know it's a good it's a good uh, a whiskey drinking city um there's good Tully numbers in there there's good Jemison numbers in there there's good kind of all Irish whiskey numbers in there and I remember I spent like a month away from the market and I came back and the entire city was covered in two things there was Drumshambo gin and uh um Irishman uh, in, Pittsburgh. in Pittsburgh, the city was covered like every single one of my accounts, whether I was looking at, you know, whether it be Tully or Hendrix gin or whatever I was working with them in every placement had been taken by, um, Walsh whiskey and from Shambo. And I remember saying to the guys, I was like, what, like, what, like, and it was every account liquor stores, you know, now state run liquor stores, but they'd have massive window banners, all the cocktail placements. And I said, what happened? Like, where, where did I go? And they said, well, the from Shambo guy came for nine days and the, the Irishman guy came for two and a half weeks and just hung out and, you know, spent time, FaceTime. And, and it was one of the cities where, again, there's a good drinking culture. You know, people have a, an affinity to Ireland to, to a decent degree. Um, but are under, I suppose, they don't get the attention that other like Philadelphia would get, you know, I was in there with, with a large a number of different brand focuses and the small amount of attention periodically, even that case got huge returns. Whereas had I done that in the different, you know, say DC, I could have spent a hundred thousand dollars and not got what they did in Pittsburgh. 
Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, so if if I was to to do that, um, I mean, there's there's great examples all over the place, but I think I think Atlanta uh, is underrepresented in terms of it's uh, it's a good cocktail city, it's a good drinking city, uh, but again, underrepresented in its um, Irish, Irish whiskey focus. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh is is another one for me, um, but like even things like Buffalo, New York. I, I have a few ideas from what my third would be, but like you were mentioning, like upstate New York is a fantastic market and very, again, Metro gets all the focus, I think, um, in a lot of people's minds. And you can, as you said, move the needle and get a lot of share of mine from from sales teams in in kind of maybe secondary cities. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. This is a whole interview meant to be asking you. <laughs> no, no, no I, couldn't, I couldn't agree more to you. I think, sure, sure upstate has been, is... I is still our biggest tier Connell market in, in, in the US. Um, a lot of work by Sligo native Sean Rooney up in Syracuse uh, and the work that he's doing, but with Beam. Um, but you're right. I mean, you have, you have, and, and plus there's been no uh, competitive brand with ambassadors in upstate New York for the last couple of years. So when we had Alex, when we had Sinead up there, um, they, they, it was there, it was there, it was their uh, stomping ground. They went around and they owned all the accounts and they, they worked with them. You also have to factor in as well with these secondary, if you want to, if uh, markets say, a lot of the bartenders would move to bigger cities like California, uh, or sorry, like LA or uh, San Francisco, Metro New York, uh, or bigger cocktail cocktail centric cities. So if, if, if we can introduce them to our brands in these smaller cities, uh, and then hopefully they'll bring that brand adv- ad- advocacy that they've, they've kind of obtained to wherever they end up. Um, and then also from in terms of dollars, it's a lot it is a lot more cost effective to go to the smaller cities. Um, especially when when we're say working with the uh, IBEC program, because you have you still have to in terms of um, placement, you know, where is where is this individual gonna rent a house and, and we're covering that cost as well. So that that's factored into the to the markets. Um, but but for us it, it certainly boils down to the biggest one of the biggest reasons is on premise support and what can our local team sign up for. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said, yeah. you know, some, some distribution teams I've worked with across the US, um, I'm not lucky enough to have worked across all 50 states, but I've got 22 under my belt. So I'm, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm ticking them off as I go. Um, but sometimes, you know, I've worked with distribution teams that have 300 spirits and 900 wines just in their one sales book. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, and, and, the, and this is actually kind of lead me into your next question. Um, a lot of the time walking into a liquor store, you're, you're meeting a, uh, you know, you're with a sales rep. You, a lot of people have different names or to ride with, work with, you know, whatever a day you go out with sales reps, meet their accounts, try to sell Kilbegan in your case or, or Jerk Connell. And, you know, in some cases, liquor store rep, liquor store owners are just like, I've got three Irish whiskeys, you know, tell me, tell me why yours is different. If my consumer can't taste it before they buy it. And then led me to my next question is, I love asking people, how do you get the consumer to pick it off the shelf? Um, when and, and I find the whiskey industry, like wine or whatnot, but a very weird industry. In very few industries would you be like, yo, I need you to spend large amounts of capital income relative to your weekly expenditures. But I want you to spend a lot of it on the fact that I tell you it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and yeah, no, you're, you're right. And, and a lot of these stores have very small shelves. And, and literally, they're not lying when they say I don't have the space. They, they, they literally don't have the space. Uh, and 
it's 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 a tough it's a very very tough conversation i think as uh first of all they need to as as a salesperson they need to 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 believe in you and and believe in what you're selling and then introduce them to the brand and i, I firmly believe that in terms of if if there is a, a store owner a buyer a distributor rep that it that is interested genuinely in the the story of irish whiskey there's very few brands that can compete with the glittered past of uh, that that Kilbegan has, and when we can introduce them to uh, Ryan, it was it was such a joy talking about Ryan Potstill over the last uh, over the last couple of years because you have you have one of the oldest, certainly the oldest licensed distillery in Beam Suntory, and and you know the amount of distilleries, whiskey, and every other category within our, under our umbrella, uh, and one of the oldest continuously licensed distilleries in the world, producing. Um, most innovative Irish whiskey to the category and best newcomer to the category named in 2017. I mean, that's a, that's a really, really cool story. And when we can introduce people to that uh, and the distillery and then, and then also talk about the other brands that we make uh, and, and the, 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 the variety and, style and the different styles of whiskey that are made under the Kilbegan Distilling Company umbrella, um, I think it makes that conversation a lot easier. But, but I, I, I fully understand where... The, where um, where store owners are coming from but it's our job then to offer value and and that value could be in terms of an emotional value an emotional connection that they might make with the brand or an offering that they might have currently on their shelf set so for instance is Kilbegan single grain um an opportunity for a bourbon consumer to jump over to irish whiskey or is connemara could that sit near a peated scotch uh the shelf of, of peated scotch for the last number of years we were the only peated irish whiskey in the states uh, and around the world so that was a nice conversation. One of the biggest, to add to that, one of the biggest um, assets we have, um, and it, personally from an Irish standpoint in Beam, is that we can have these conversations with side by side with the bourbon ambassadors and with the Scotch ambassadors. So going in and offering that value, that not just are we part of this credible, very credible family of brands, but in terms of consumer uh, events and activations we can stand side by side our makers mark team and do a Kilbegan. we used to do these great whiskey debates which were so much fun and they uh, it was irish versus scotch versus canadian versus uh american whiskey and then japanese community we had five representatives from brands uh debating as the white air it was all tongue-in-cheek and good fun but as the white air brands were were better than the other and being able to offer that to not just store owners but their consumers as well is something extremely valuable and do you see a lot of interplay between the the likes of the local ambassadors i know you have the the makers mark uh is it diplomats i think they've yeah. very yeah a very very cool cool name for their ambassadorial team um there's a obviously a great representation around the u.s i know you've got some in in new jersey and and actually mentioning pittsburgh one of the first bartenders ever met in pittsburgh is a fantastic bartender called my jeans or known as my jeans who is the now the makers mark diplomat in in philadelphia in, in philly yeah. yeah we have elba in in uh in new jersey you mentioned right in hoboken um the, like the diplomats is a great program we have a similar program with um lefroig they're called the protectors of the Pete. Uh, and they've all gotten custom kilts and in their in their family tartan uh, pattern, and it's it's a great program. Very and and I mean that's what I mentioned at the start. That's what the keepers of the wheel kind of uh, program is 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 mimicked on, if you like, um, and trying to trying to replicate as much as we can. Um, so, but yeah, we do have we do collaborate very nice, 
very nicely. It's probably me, to be honest, it's 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 me knocking on their door versus them knocking on my door to to work on an event together because when you're the Jim Beams of the world or the amb- ambassadors from, say, Beam Makers, um, any of our Japanese whiskeys, there's already that uh, consumer attention sort of focused on your brand. So if we as a small brand can piggyback on an event hosted by one of our sister brands, then we're all over it for sure. But then in saying that, come Patrick's Day, you have all these guys going, hey, how can we how can we jump in on, on any of the events you're doing? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's funny though because that does happen, particularly. And I've worked with a number of brands, particularly with when looking at US focuses. Um, when you know I'm getting people coming to me going, right, we need drinks, drinks portfolios. And I'm like, cool. Like, what's coming up? What do we need? It like, what's the event? They're like, we need four Irish whiskey cocktails that work with the Kentucky Derby. I'm like, don't. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like you know, like we have set drinking days in the US. You know, the day before Thanksgiving, huge. You've got Kentucky Derby. You've got Fourth of July. You've got Cinco de Mayo. Days in which maybe the night before Thanksgiving, maybe being an exception. Days in which Irish whiskey doesn't focus or doesn't yeah. feature. You know what I mean? Yeah. That we've got. We already kind of have a thing. You know, St. <laughs> Patrick's Day works for us. We possibly aren't going to be featured in mint juleps or in uh, margaritas. Um, so you know there is there is that the swings and balances but i'm I'm glad to see that they want to come in on our holiday as much as i've been yeah. asked to jump in on theirs but we need we need more things here in the states outside of patrick's day we have we have every right to be playing if 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 the say hornitos can have in their in their bars have a irish margarita for patrick's day there's no reason why we can't have uh or sorry have an irish margarita for patrick's day there's no reason why we can't have a cinco de mayo uh special in some of our accounts and and there's opportunity everywhere and again more so this year than ever because bars are itching to get people in the door um, yeah. and get and get get business back up and running again so we've even seen that and so our, our two focus periods for the year say 2021 are q1 as i said march patrick's day and then um to to your point there q4 which is gifting season and and which is which is uh heavily made up by say thanksgiving um and christmas so they're they're two to, but, but this year we're we're we're, we're approaching that with us at a slightly different angle and and focusing more on the accounts that we worked with in in q1 so we're trying to we are i think doing a good job at uh maintaining a bit of consistency with the a good bit of consistency with the bars that we're working with so and then at the same time trying to block out our internal uh competitors that they can't get in <laughs> exactly well and i know that i i am looking at the time here and i know that you actually do have to run off uh, very soon to do uh staff training uh on the kilbegan brand uh with i'm sure lots of sales teams across coast to coast but before you go um i'm gonna put you on the spot do you have any funny stories of tastings gone wrong or uh, whiskey festivals where where they you know you're able to maybe not at the time but look back and laugh at us uh, you know i've had a person uh drink the dregs bucket at the end of uh of a tasting which uh was all was previously before the dregs bucket was an outdoor ashtray um, no which, is, which is a fantastic and it wasn't accidental like they were like you're you gonna use that i was like no go for it like assuming they were joking and they were not joking um I, is there anything that sticks in your mind i oh i wish i wish i had a, a second here to think about it because there are there are a good few but you did mention work with or ride-alongs um so basically not just ambassadors but whoever sales reps within 
drink suppliers working with distributors. I genuinely think, and I floated the idea again uh, over a happy hour that we had over the last year, but I think Beam or the spirits industry, the ambassadors within the spirits industry need to write, you know the book Overheard in Dublin, right? You've heard, yeah. you've heard of that book, quality, very, very funny. I think we need to write a book called Overheard on Workwits or something like that because you're, it's, it's such a unique uh, it's such a unique thing that you are as maybe new to a city, you land into a city and you get in a car and you are putting yourself in the hands of someone who you don't know. You don't know where you're going, what car they're driving, who they are, how they drive. And uh, you're heading off from eight, half eight in the morning, maybe if it's an off-premise work with until half five in the evening. So I have, I have it written down somewhere about 15 hilarious stories, but one that springs to mind is because I had a, a, a conversation with the Missouri team yesterday, another fantastic Irish whiskey market, um, and our distributor down there, major brands, which are, which are amazing. Um, but last time I flew in there, because we're scheduling a trip for, I think, in two weeks' time, but I got on a work with, and um, I ended up going in, and the distributor that I was working with, she drove a Mini Cooper, all right, and she had her two Labradors in the car with us. So. I, I, I wouldn't be the biggest fan of dogs anyway. And um, so for the entire nine to five, there was the two of us in a Mini Cooper, not a five door, one of the, the little three door things with two labs going around to our off-premise accounts. Um, but funny stories. I can't, I, I don't want to tell the, the Fred no one because I did that when we spoke last year. Um, well, it's okay. I, I tell you from, from what you're saying there, I, I think I would agree massively that you hear crazy things on these work with. Um, and just to give a roundup example, I flew into a state um, where I was picked up uh, in a Maserati by a sales rep. Um, so usually if some a sales rep picks you up, a sales rep who works on commission picks you up in a Maserati, I'm thinking this guy is going to be doing doing a lot of sales today. Good and um, <laughs> they were they were uh, they were not they were not born in the US. They're born in, in one of the uh, Spanish speaking countries of South America. Um, and very proud to be US, just the premise of the story is they spoke Spanish. That's what I needed to get in there. Um, but they hated Irish whiskey and didn't understand why that they had been assigned me to bring them, like to be brought around and basically brought me <laughs> to all of the Puerto Rican neighborhoods that they could think of. Puerto Rican neighborhoods, Cuban neighborhoods, Mexican neighborhoods, and profusely just spoke Spanish, like exclusively spoke Spanish. And if anyone knows me, I don't speak a lick of Spanish. Um, and it was, and, and every store owner like took pity on me and was like, I don't know if you sell rum, we sell a lot of rum, but like, we definitely don't, like we don't even have Irish whiskey. And I'm like, yeah, that has much more to do with the sales rep than it has to do with me or you, my friend. Um, and yet I, I didn't, I didn't sell a single case that day. Um, it's mental isn't it? And you're just wheeling your little bag behind them and, and you're at the mercy of these. I mean, there's been work with where I've said here, look, just drop us off here, please, because uh, we're not, we're not getting much done. And, and the worst is when you get in the car and they, they, they're distributors and, and, and the vast, vast majority of time, it's, it's very good and very enjoyable. But there's been some times where you get in and they say, look, we're not going to have a good day today. I'm just, I'm just collecting checks today. And you're like, lovely, <laughs> you know, but I was giving you on a Thursday and none of my buyers are in on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to see some accounts I haven't seen in a year. And you're like, sweet, can't yeah. wait. 
<laughs> I, I am going to get back. I promise I'll get back to you with because I know there's some on the tip of my tongue that that would that would go into that book. Uh, not to worry. Well, Michael, I'm going to let you go because I'm looking at the clock. You have 11 minutes to get to your That's next okay. uh, sales meeting. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, National brand, uh, Irish Whiskey Brand Ambassador for the Quebec and Distilling Company, uh, covering all the 50 states. I'm hoping to see, I know there's a few new cool Kilbegans coming down the line. Uh, the Kilbegan single grain is possibly one of my favorite single grains in the world. Um, so if uh, any of you are listening are in the US or you're in any country where you're spotting any of these brands, do pick it up, have a try, let us know what you think. But for you, Michael, thank you so much for your time. You're most welcome, Matt. Thank you, uh, and have a great day. I don't have to go far from my training. It's in this seat uh, with the, <laughs> the same background, but all good. Thank you for your time. No problem. Well, whiskey travel everywhere From here to Timbuktu You'll find it now in China And the land of the kangaroo So three cheers for the barley That makes the royal corn Let's raise